Hi, I'm Jake Cornell. I'm a comedian in New York City, and for the past 10 years, I've been living and breathing the restaurant industry. This is a show where I'll be talking to comedians, actors, bartenders, chefs, and restaurant owners about all things going out. We'll talk about restaurants, bars, staying in, drinking, not drinking, and whatever else we want. This is Going Out with Jake Cornell. Hi, babes. It's Jake. Um, it's a, it's honestly wretched in New York right now. It's like cold and wet, but I had a good night last night. I went to one of my favorite restaurants in Brooklyn. Um, this place on Havermeyer called Leo. Uh, it's like a sourdough pizza spot. I went so much. It was my, they had the best outdoor setup that I found in New York back when like outdoor was the only option. And I went so many times that I got a resi email that was like, congrats, you're a regular at Leo. And I was like, this is almost embarrassing how often I've gone to this restaurant. Um, and I hadn't been in a while and I returned last night and some of my favorite servers were there and it was actually my first time dining inside and it was just as good their wine list is so sick um and I did we ordered too much food and I couldn't finish it all it was actually pretty brutal um but feeling good today um the, you know I think the, the pizza really saved us from feeling too rough from the wine and so it all sort of balanced out in the end today's episode makes me feel very cool because our guest is cooler than I will ever be. She's younger than me and she already has like more, she's figured out New York at a level that I maybe, you know, haven't. Um, you probably know her from TikTok as Glam, De- Glam Demon 2004. She has the same handle on Instagram. She has the Let Me Ruin Your Life pod. She is truly an icon. She's, like I said, so much cooler than me. This conversation's really, really fun. Please enjoy me going out with Serena Shahidi. Um, I'm excited to have you on for honestly a litany of reasons, but I think, you know, part of it is I think you are someone, so this show is obviously about going out. It's in the title. And I think going out is something that you clearly enjoy doing. (laughs) As often (laughs) as possible. Yeah. Same. Truly same. (laughs) So it's like, I think what I think is interesting is like, you are a bit younger than me. And thank you. (laughs) I haven't had a chance yet to talk to someone on the show who is like decidedly like younger Gen Z or whatever and talk about like what your experience has been like because like you're how long have you lived in New York? Uh, Four years. Okay, Gorge. So you're kind of like that you're finishing out your first four years, which is like I feel like that's like your big adjustment period for New York, especially like those mm-hmm. first two. And I think like how you go out and finding your places to go out and doing all of that, especially when it's like the first place you've lived out after like high school or college or whatever, that's like, there's so much that happens in that period of time. And I feel like you just went through that. Oh, absolutely. It was a big, <laughs> I moved from North Carolina. That's where I went to high school. So okay. moving from there to New York, it was like, when I moved here, it was immediately, like, this manic, like, oh, my God, people are, like, attracted to me here, and there are, like, cool places. Neither of those situations existed in North Carolina, so I was going cuckoo. Yeah, I'm from Vermont, so it was the same thing. It was just like, okay, there's no gay people, and there's no cool, there's, like, one cool bar to go to, and then all of a sudden, I was in New York, and it's, like, it's so zero to 100, and it's, like, I think that's why I, I, I would guess, based on the 
couple times we've interacted that you are similar to me in the sense that like you kind of thrive in an environment that's like getting thrown into the pool and learning how to swim like at least that's how I am very much like I don't want to go to like a ton of swim classes as much as I want to just like get thrown in and figure out how to do it exactly I definitely like socially I love to be in just like super different environments and just like the weirdest possible preferably yeah Uh, (laughs) Just like I don't know, I like I like stories and collecting. Them. Totally. So, what does I know? You said you want to do it as much as like as much as humanly possible. Like, what does like going out mean to you? Like, when you wake up and you think about like going out, like what is that? What comes to mind? The thing is, it's so like dual for me because I keep my like dating life love life very separate from like my friends and okay I mean you can see it very clearly in who I date versus who I'm friends with I date <laughs> you know I'm friends with like cool people and like <laughs> you know <laughs> comedy people and gay people slay uh parentheses slay. <laughs> um and then the people I date definitely tend to be like I work in fintech and I'm twice your age so to me, it's like going out either means like, you know, maybe bar hopping downtown, going out in Brooklyn with the girlies, or conversely, it's like going out with a middle-aged man to Bevelman's. Right. And you want, and there's a, there's a glamour to that for sure. For sure. It's a, it's a delicate balance. I, I really love this. You're reminding me a lot of my I'm not that much older than you. I just like have, but like, I just, I used to be very much the same way. I've had a boyfriend for five years who is the same age as me, but I definitely, before that, I kept my, I often would keep my dating and my, my social lives very separate. And when I was younger, I remember when Hinge first like hit the scene as one of the dating apps. Do you know how Hinge like used to originally work? Cause I, in my mind, it was the most deranged thing in the world. I don't think so. The original premise of Hinge, the original premise of Hinge was that you would only be shown people to swipe on that you had mutual friends with on Facebook. And I was like, that's my nightmare. Why the fuck are we doing? I want to avoid those people at all costs. I I downloaded it because I was like, oh, new fun dating app. And then it would show you. So you would like, it would come up, you'd be swiping and it would be like a picture of me. And then under it, it would list all of our mutuals. So then you would be like, Oh, he's friends with this person, this person, this person. I was like, this is hell on earth. I never want to do this. And I deleted the app like immediately. Never went on a hinge. Raya does that. If you have like the same contact in your, in your phone with someone, it'll show it. And it's like, that's when I went on two dates with, like, I don't need them to know that I have that contact saved. Yeah. That's it's so I it's, there's an anonymity that I would like to prefer at all times with stuff like that, that Hinge used to really just sandbag. That sounds terrible. Yeah, I I try to keep things separate for the most part. I mean, being, getting followers on the internet has definitely made that more difficult because now like regular people can sometimes know who I am. Like I, I met a doctor while I was out and he had read an article about me and I was like, what the hell like he's not even not not remotely in any social scene I'm affiliated with (laughs) that is yeah it's hard like I would imagine it's hard when you're like okay but it's one thing to get recognized like with when you're out with the girlies like that can be fun yeah but then it's like you can't really like wear a sign on your back when you're on a date that's like leave me alone I don't want anyone to recognize me here like I don't want (laughs) 
Yeah, it is weird when I'm out with like an older man and someone's like, are you the girl from TikTok? (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, oh my God. Did you, like, I'm curious, because you keep those things separate and because you like, you have that, an affinity for that, like an older man as one of the things you're into. If you're out with the girlies, like on a Brooklyn night out, are you like doors up? We're not flirting. Like if someone makes a move, we're closed off to that because we're with friends. Or are you still open to like what might come your way? Oh, I'm open to, <laughs> to what might come my way. I tell, I tell this story all the time of like, uh, we know, we both know Vincent, of course, yeah. uh, Vincent Love Ward, Vinny. and he, the night. Uh, we like went out one night for one of our friends' birthdays, yes. and then the next morning he was like, "I'm sober." Yeah. But what, <laughs> what happened that night? I remember because we were out in Brooklyn, and normally I would never like meet a man in that type of environment. But I was, I had had many a drink, and we were walking from one bar to the other, and I like accosted this man who was standing outside the next bar, and basically I was just like you're like coming in with us and I introduced him to my friends and I was just like this is my boyfriend this is my new boyfriend what's your name (laughs) uh and see uh, I love that that makes me I that's just a good night you know you sometimes need that like one little really assertive move to kind of add some spice if things are starting to flatline a little bit and I love that Exactly. You need that. We, I mean, there were many in a sort of move made that night by both me and, and Vincent in many socially, I don't know, uncomfortable ways, which is probably why he's no longer drinking. <laughs> so are you, would you say you are someone who is good at going out? Honestly, no. <laughs> okay, cool. No, I love that. I love that. Yeah, it takes, like, so much energy. I just feel like I would say I'm good at going out for the average person in America. Um, but oh, well, for, like, way, like, living here and going out at all, you're already, like, top 10% of America. Like, exactly. 100%. But, like, in, you know, in a lot of my social circles, if you can't party until, like, six, then it's, like, you know, you can't really keep up. Yeah. Are you someone who can get that late, or are you, like, no, we're going to bed? I'm going to bed. Six is really not an option for me. That is happening maybe once a year. Six. I'll do a, yes. I can do a three. I can do a four every now and again, but six is really tough for me. Yes. It, it definitely depends. What are my plans the next day? Well, yeah. Is there there's food any. available? <laughs> first of all, because, because if I'm not eating and I'm just drinking, like, well, let's then, do yeah, two. That there's, <laughs> oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. I really, I'm, I'm really only interested in, Anything after two, I'm really only interested in, like, a 24-hour restaurant, like, or uh, a diner. Like, I'll do that, and then we'll get a car home. Like, that's yes, absolutely that's gorgeous. that's, like, me and my best friend. That's our move, is, like, leaving a party and going to a 24-hour diner. Mm. What, are your, what are your 24-hour spots in New York? Uh, Remedy, for sure. Classic. Classic. Uh, I'm in Midtown East, so I go, there are, like, a few spots around me. I don't even know their names. Um, because <laughs> it's mid Have you ever done L'Express? Where's that? L'Express is, I, it's on, I want to say 20th and Park, 20th and Park. It's okay. like right above Union Square. 
um very fun 24 hour spot like very good for like um a post you'll get some like fun celebrity sightings there like i've definitely been there at like 3 a.m and like had dinner next to like amanda lapore like very fun kind of like moments like that and it's like one of those places that it's like it's like it's designed it's like it's um inspired it's like french inspired it's supposed to kind of feel like a 24-hour like parisian restaurant which makes it feel like kind of nice but then you are also like oh this is ultimately kind of like a mid-level restaurant but it something about it feels luxurious just because it's like french themed and the lights are dim but like, i love like a tacky like fake classy theme like i love that's that that's my that. my ideal restaurant aesthetic is the cheesecake factory <laughs> preferably <laughs> Like, not, you know, not food-wise, certainly not calorie-wise. No, yeah. Oh, my and God. No, but I get what you're saying. I am I am a little tired of the, like, minimalist New York, expre- like, aesthetic of, like, the very clean lines. Like, everything is, like, incredibly monochromatic. Horrible. I'm down for a little bit. Yeah, I'm very much, I want a little bit more excess. I want some maximalism. You know what I've been oddly obsessed with recently? The, the aesthetic of, like, I'm thinking, like, Joan Rivers' house, like a Vegas, oh, like chintzy, gaudy mansion, like faux Mediterranean. Yes, just gaudy. I love it. I love like the Venetian. Stuff. Yeah, the like. Yeah. The, I, I know exactly. Have you been to Vegas? I've been to Vegas once. Yeah. Okay. Were you an adult or were you like as a kid? I was nineteen. Okay, so uh, I was there with my with my uh, suitor at the time, who was an adult. Okay, um, incredible. Yeah, it was it was fun. I did take uh, a legal, my first and only actually legal edible, and it was so much for me. Like I definitely cried. Yeah, uh, that'll happen. Yeah, not even I wasn't even feeling emotional. It was just like suddenly water was pouring out of my face. Totally, I do love Vegas. I've only been once, and but I'm making plans to go back soon. I want to see Katy Perry and I want to see a Cirque show. Um, But I went there for Gaga like three years ago and it was like heaven on earth. And I do think you can only be there for like 48 hours to 72 hours maximum. Yes. I do think I would have really been in a bad place had I used marijuana at all. I don't (laughs) think that would have mixed well for me. It's definitely a drinking spot for me more than like, I just can't handle that much stimulation. And like the... When, I, when you're drinking, things having kind of, like, a little bit of a dark side is sort of fun. But when I'm stoned, if things have a little bit of a dark side, I'm like, no, my soul will get corrupted and I will go to hell. So, like, Yes, absolutely. I think my Catholic upbringing starts to creep out via the THC. Ooh. Yeah, I'm not the biggest weed person. So I feel like that was definitely a mistake, especially in that context. But I love just how Vegas feels like you're in, a, like, a board game. Like you're in candy. It's Disney for adults. It's Disney World for adults. You know, it's like everything is fake, but everything is like nice but cheap and like nice but tacky. And like I do kind of love that. I love that. Yeah. I definitely want to go back. Maybe see I was watching that video of Katy Perry performing with the big toilet. It's gonna be a big fucking (laughs) it's gonna be a good fucking time. Do you know what I mean? Like I like I like a lot of her songs. Is this a Katy Perry renaissance? Because she did dye her hair back dark. Yeah, I think that people are coming around to be like, it's a little bit like, you gotta show respect. Like, you can all make fun of certain things, but like, the songs are the songs and they hold the fuck up. And like, she was a time, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I think Um, she can make a comeback. I'm ready to be a Katy cat. (laughs) 
part of me has always been a Katie cat, but I haven't ever taken it on as like a full moniker, but I could be into it. I've never seen her live. So I think that would be, mm. um, but I do like a lot of her music. Are you, so walk me through sort of like, you have your two, your two versions of nights out. You have like nights out with the girlies. You have nights out with the suitors. I'm obsessed. <laughs> walk me through what put when do you decide which one you're having on a night what is your preparation differences like what are your goals mm. and like what is the ideal version of each of those nights look like for you yes okay so i'll i don't know i usually usually like nights out with the girlies uh are more spontaneous because it's totally. not like if my friend is like let's go out tonight i'm not gonna be like um you should have given me further advance the way i would be with men just because i'm a bitch <laughs> but yeah, so well, it definitely depends on who I'm going out with, but I love to do like a little, you know, downtown moment. Where do we even go? I haven't been out in the past like. Well, it's been hard weeks. this month. It's been hard this yes, month. Yes, this past month has been rough. I even stayed in New Year's Eve because I had a sore throat and I was like convinced. Yeah. Convinced. Um, uh, yeah. But we'll do like bar hopping. We'll go maybe like a, a Suzanne Barch party. My friend, <laughs> my friend works in PR and is always like going to those. Um, definitely like those nights. The outfits are wilder, wilder. The hair and makeup, you know, more experimental. Whereas like yeah. going out with a suitor, I'm a lot more likely to be in a in a little black dress and a cat eye and a red lip. Totally. And yeah. that's probably going to be like a, a restaurant or like maybe a, a hotel bar, something like that. Definitely a hotel bar if you want to pick up rich men. Yeah. If and I that's – okay, so that was sort of my next question that I was curious about is like with – do you prefer a prearranged date from an app or do you prefer going out and finding something? Definitely going out and finding something, yeah. I think I, you're a really rare breed for that. I think especially these days, I think you're a rare breed, and I really rec- respect the hell out of it. Do you think people really, like, prefer that, though, or is it just easier? I think it's, um, I think it's, uh, they prefer it because there's, no one knows how to be comfortable. Like, I know people that won't go to a bar alone. Like, they won't go to a restaurant, they mm-hmm. won't go out to dinner alone, they won't go to a bar alone, and, like, I... You know, like when I started going out, I was, it was when I lived in in England and I was 19 and there weren't apps yet. Like I had, my, I had a phone that had, this was 10 years ago. So I had a phone that had like bejewels on it. Um, and, but like, that was it. And so it was like, there wasn't the app option. So it was like, you go out and I think it also, it must've been easier. I think it would have been easier than back then because that was true for everybody. Like no one was going on apps. I think Grindr had like, just started but it was still kind of like a niche thing to be on grinder even among the gays when it was mm-hmm. that early um but it's like everyone's kind of if anyone who's single and looking to you know meet up hook up they're all out at this the clubs and the bars where now i think there's less of that because that has been relegated to apps so i think now people are like afraid to do it but i think you it's a really important art form and i'm really thankful for people like you keeping it alive <laughs> <laughs> it is an important art form we've <laughs> I feel like charming men is truly uh, a lost art that I want to bring back. But <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Dating on apps is so it's it's difficult for me because I have trouble like K 
caring about like men, you know, like specific. Well, they're not men. real until you meet exactly. them in real life. Yeah. So like I am horrible at like you know making plans or applying to them because it's like they don't exist in my head. Like this hinge match, who cares? Yeah. Whereas even if I met someone briefly at a bar, I'm like, okay, I got the you know energy read off of them, whatever. But I definitely yeah, and I've also gone on plenty of dating updates where it's like it's not necessarily like they're a catfish or anything like that or something terrible comes out about them but it's just you walk in and it's like okay you look like your pictures nothing surprising but still immediately no like yeah it's like that's the thing that I think that and that's like what is behind what I'm talking about with like what this lost art form is that's like going it's, it's also a loss for that appreciation of that moment when you're out and someone catches your eye and you're like, you're you're coming in this bar with me. You're my boyfriend now. Like that, but like, you know, that kind of like feeling you get when you sort of spark, like I hate saying spark because I, it's not even like sentimental or like romantic. It's honestly more (laughs) of like a sex thing than it is a love thing. But like just that thing of being like, Oh, I could be down or like, and then also seeing like, Oh, you're into me like that, like exchange, like, doing that part online, I think at times is like, you're skipping one of the best parts. Like, yes, it's so much more exciting in person. It's so so, much more exciting. Yeah. Whereas online, it's like you, you know, you set up a date and then you have to like convince yourself to like that person. Yeah. And you're like, yeah, I'm, I met my, I, I met my boyfriend on Tinder. So I'm not saying, I'm not saying it's like not, <laughs> it doesn't work by any means. Cause like I, I am a Tinder success story, but I do think for like, people should not totally write it off or write off the in-person because I think it does have a power to it that can't be replaced. Yeah. I would say dating apps optional, you know, I could take them or leave them, but like going out in person is a must for sure. Yeah. So you'll, so like, Damn, the the hotel bar move, I'm really, I am envious of that. Like, that, the fantasy of being, like, I'm going to put on a cute dress and, and, like, do my lips up and go to, like, a hotel bar and, like, see what happens. That is, I was a, I will tell you, I was a hotel bar bartender for a year mm-hmm. or, like, six months. And it didn't occur to me when I took the job, like, which is stupid, but I was, like, 22. And it... It, like, didn't occur to me once, like, hey, what do you think is going to happen if you bartend in a bar where half of the people there have a bed upstairs? And I was like, oh. Like, <laughs> it was debaucherous. Like, the shit I would see was wild. Oh, like, I'm sure. Just so many, like, the number of, like, wedding rings coming off, like, covert <gasps> wedding ring removals, like, or not even, like, I know that, like, I or, like, wedding ring and then someone coming, seeing them meet for the first time be, and start flirting and then hook up and go upstairs together. Like, just a lot of, a lot of that. A lot of, like, hey, you have to go upstairs now because, like, what you're, what you're doing in this bar should be happening in a bed. Like, <laughs> full tilt. Like, people go, people feel like it's their house. It gets raunchy. But every, it's also crazy because it was, like, it was a nice hotel. So it's, like, everyone looks amazing. Everyone's drinking Moe. Like, it's elegant and gorgeous but everyone's acting like trash like <laughs> yes it's definitely like elegant debauchery vibes but it's elegant like elegant debauchery <laughs> that sounds like a good band from 2009 yes <laughs> that sounds like a good band i should start now i was out actually with my uh 
friend like a couple weeks ago my friend marlo who shout out she wrote a book called happy hour that's about two girls going out and all that Ooh. uh she's a fantastic writer but we were at the mark and we met this like old rich dude who just like immediately i don't even remember the context just gave each of us 300 dollars cash <laughs> 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 and we were like Select, but we like sat down with him and talked to him. At one point, Marlo saw like garbage men like stopping by, and she was like, Wait, can I have another hundred to give to them? And she literally ran out with a hundred and tipped the garbage. I'm obsessed with her. (laughs) She's everything. That's incredible. I want to know, like, okay, because you so you've lived in New York for four years, you moved here right from high school, right? Yes, moved here for school. I would say you're, like, impressively far along for, like, 22, like, four years in New York. Like, in terms of, like, knowing the spots, having shit together, knowing what you like. Like, this is not where I was when I was 22. And I, <laughs> what did that, what did those four years look like in New York? Like, did you hit the ground running? Did you know that this is how, like, how did you get where we are today? I mean, I definitely hit the ground running when I first came to New York. Like, I was just, you know, I was just, like, I've never experienced all of this like culture and, and social whatever. Uh, So I just want to experience like as much as possible, you know, as like intensely as possible. So I would, I went, Oh my God, I definitely got on like three dates in a single day. Um, Or I would go, you know, just to like random parties. I went to like an NYU frat party just because I was like, this sounds like something I would never do. So like, let's check it out. Uh, just doing like, just being a yes girl, basically. Were you, were you a yes girl when, were before in North Carolina or did New York bring that out of you? I mean, there was nothing to say yes to in North Carolina. <laughs> I, yeah, I guess that's like kind of the same. It's like kind of how I feel was like, yeah. it was like, I felt like I never had a chance to say yes. So then when I got to cities, I was like, let's, <laughs> fucking go yeah I feel like especially like in my high school it wasn't like I mean there was like a party scene but it was either like you don't party at all or you like do heroin and I was like (sighs) that's tough (laughs) yeah yeah so it wasn't like a I'm picturing like James Franco directed Palo Alto (laughs) movie I know partying (laughs) I know. Yeah. I definitely had the same thing, but more so in college because like in Burlington, it was like, there was like the bar scene or the party scene. And it was like, I was like, Hey guys, like, I don't know who wrote the book on this, but like, I just don't think it's fun to be in a basement with 600 people. Like I used to Uh. always be like, I just used to always be like, like, I love a a, a bump and party, but like, I used to like say like, Hey, if the theme of the party is if there was a fire, we would all get, we wouldn't get out. Like no (laughs) one would get out. We would all die. Like, I don't want to go to that party. Like, if that's the theme, I'm not going. But yeah. like, and so it's just interesting. I think you like learn a lot about what you do like from what you didn't like from before, you know? Yeah. What was the crowd at the basements? Well, it was like UVM was like, I went to UVM because it was my state school. Like it wasn't like a good fit for me, honestly. And like I made friends there and like I'm still good friends with like some of my absolute best friends are from there. But like, was it the right fit for me? Like, no, it was very like, the party scene was like, it's a weird mix because it's people from Vermont. So there's a lot of like, you know, middle, like lower middle class, working class 
people from Vermont who go there because it's like a great public school, but it's like our state school, so we get like in-state tuition or whatever. And then it's like a lot of it's a lot of kids who come from like Connecticut, the Boston area, New York, or like anywhere, and like vacation skied in Vermont, and they come from like a shit ton of money and mm-hmm. aren't like. And the kind of money where, like, they didn't have, to, like, probably more new money. Like, they're not, like, the old money people who, like, they had to go to Yale or it was a humiliation to the family. Like, yeah. more, like, they had money. They would go skiing. And so, like, like I remember one girl in my freshman year, her dad was, like, the owner of, like, Kraft Mac and Cheese. Like, that sort of vibe. <laughs> That's so fun. I love it when someone's, like... Just like the air to some random shit. I oh, think that's I love so it's like funny. one of my favorite things is when you find out. I like especially when I was doing comedy at UCB. Like you would find out so many people. You would find out that their parents were rich, and the ways that they were rich were like always my favorite <laughs> thing in the world to find out. No, but like the thing about UVM was that it was like all of these rich kids, but they were or not, and a lot of kids from like very affluent backgrounds. But they're all doing like steezy, like crunchy like salt of the earth backwoods vermont drag so like do you know what i mean like they're wearing like shitty they're wearing like shitty corduroys and like hiking boots and like an old flannel but their dad is like a cardiologist that lives in like a penthouse so it's like it's very like funny but so the parties were just like it was very very heterosexual and very like just a lot of like kegs of shitty beer in like very crowded basements it was better once, like, we turned 21, you could go to the bar scene, and, like, there were still the bars that had that vibe, but then there were, like, cocktail bars and, like, stuff like that, and those were a little bit more, like, my scene and, like, kind of where I found my people and my vibe. And then yeah. I just, like, followed that for Ed even more when I got to New York. But, yeah. It was you know what I just different. realized, like, yesterday is that when this pandemic started, this is kind of random, but I was still using a fake ID. Like, in oh March God, 2020, so... I was still 20. That's so funny. Damn. Yeah, so I've only been, like, legally drinking during this pandemic, which is <laughs> <laughs> hilarious. What? Granted, I got a lot of, you know, illegal drinking done. Well, yeah, we all did. You know, I had such a good fake ID in college. It was, like, my crowning achievement. <laughs> um, what would you, like, if you had to say, like, what is something you've learned from these years of kind of, like, div- like finding your passion and going out and, like, honing your craft? So what are some things you've learned? What are some things I've learned? Um, <laughs> I've spent so much of my time going out and I'm like, have I learned anything? <laughs> 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 or have I just like destroyed my body? <laughs> sure. It's hard I mean, to say. It's hard to say. Yeah. I guess I'm just impressed because like, especially if your taste in men is like older fintech people, like you've got to be really discerning because there's a lot of hellscape monsters in those populations and in those spaces where those populations hang out. So like maybe you just have really good instincts or you've like kind of, I don't know, figured out your own way to suss out how to get through those situations. Oh yeah. I mean, I have a million ways just because I'm very like, I don't know, quick with men just to be like, whatever, like I don't, I don't like that. Like, don't say that or whatever. Yeah. I remember I was talking to a guy like on, on some dating app recently and he was like, I live in the Upper East Side. And I was like, oh, I'm in Midtown East, like right below you. He was like, oh, I like the idea of like no. being on top of you or something. And I was just like, don't talk like that. It's unbecoming. Very <laughs> 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 that or it's just like enough. <laughs> no, yeah, I don't you're... think so. 
I'm envious of you. Like, I'm not, I would say I'm someone who's deeply conflict averse and you seem like someone who is like conflict pro, like down to just like, (laughs) or like confrontation at least. Yeah. I'm so, I'm like that kind of like in my dating life, but kind of nowhere else. I feel like it's just like, maybe I'm just like mad at men in general. So I feel okay. Like having conflicts with them. That's that's so refreshing because I can't tell you how many friends I have, like, especially, like, girlfriends who, like, are totally the opposite, where it's, like, they'll be so, like, assertive and, like, know what they want in, like, their career, whatever. And this isn't even just women. I have guy friends that are like this, too. Like, so assertive and know exactly what they want. And then, like, when it comes to dating, they're, like, um, like me. And it's, like, no, you have to show up with that same, like, oomph. Yes. Otherwise. Yeah, you can't a- just... I know it's so weird. I'll have friends who are like wildly successful in their career. And then they'll be like, wait, can you read this text and tell me if you think this guy likes me? I'm like, what in the world is happening? Yeah. Let's just let, okay. I'm glad you brought this up because I've been (laughs) saying this for years. You, the, (laughs) the syntax of a text message is not what's going to make or break it. Like I've told this, like I, I used to have a couple, like I have one, dear dear friend who would always make me read his text messages and I one time was like babe like if they like you they're gonna text back and if they don't (laughs) they won't and like the period versus exclamation point is not what's gonna happen like if you've already gone on a date they know whether they felt something in their their lower stomach or not like they know whether they felt something and they're gonna follow that not the syntax of your text so you need to chill the fuck out no, it's true. It's true. I, I've i never understood that I don't put a lot of thought into texting. I also don't love, like, communicating that way if I can, like, talk to someone in person. Yeah. Like, I'm not I'm a, like, send me a good morning text type of girl. I, I don't know. <laughs> I used to, back when I was dating, if I ever got a, a good morning text, I was like, so it's over. Like, <laughs> it's like. I feel like that's one of those things that's like it became a thing on social media. So now everyone's like, oh, it's like the cute thing to do to send a good morning text. And it's like, no, it's just like what children tweet about. I'm like, let me miss you. Like, let me want to see you the next time. I feel like that's what people. Yeah. Yes. Also, I wake up at noon. So your good morning text is (laughs) (laughs) not even applicable. (laughs) You missed it. Yeah. I don't know mornings. (laughs) <laughs> you're like i'm having panera it's lunch so sorry exactly like, uh, having a sandwich <laughs> um yeah that is so it do you get told a lot that you're like wise beyond your years or like an old soul yes by uh plenty of old men i date <laughs> sure sure <laughs> has that always been your taste older guys um Kind of. I mean, definitely when I moved to New York, but I also like didn't really date in North Carolina. I had one little boyfriend who was like this little like skater, like floppy <laughs> blonde hair. Like we would like, I don't know, play Mario Kart or something. It was just very, very that. Uh, and I moved to New York and I kind of familiarized myself with the types. Like to me, there are kind of two major types of men to date in New York. There's like, The younger creative guys and the older, like, finance, tech, health guys. So, yeah. yeah, And I moved here and I was like, okay, I met the the Timothy Chalamets of the world and I'm going to have to pass. Yeah. 
Because the thing is, the younger the younger tech guys are obviously in New York, but in my experience, they're working a hundred hours doing the week during the week, yeah. and then doing then then doing a lot of coke on the weekends. <laughs> like, oh, and absolutely, like and you analysts in finance. They're analyzing lines of coke. That's yes. what they analyze. It's like yeah, they are it's busy. Like, but then you come in when they're a little bit older and they've, they're starting to mellow out. And I do respect that because there's they have that energy of partying, but they also are slowing down a little bit. Yes. I mean, I do. I got to respect in general that they work hard and play hard because I'm like, I the things I have seen men like that do and just like they get up at 7 a.m. and go to Barry's boot camp. I'm like, holy shit. Yeah, it's actually truly a wild breed. Like, I didn't understand it until I started bartending in the spots in New York where those kind of guys go. And I was like, oh, like, these dudes are ripping. Like, you would not believe how much of, like, financial and corporate America work is being done, like, fully drunk. Like, fully yes, drunk. Like, yes, I didn't know this. Like, I didn't. I thought that, like, I thought before I moved to New York, I thought there were, like, alcoholics who, like, are a rare breed that like are secretly drinking and it's like a private shame thing. And like they, it's a big secret that they're drinking too much. And then there were like people who didn't have a drinking problem. And then I'm like, (laughs) and then I'm like bartending in New York and I'm like bartending a lunch meeting where they each had three martinis, 1 PM. And then they're like, and then they're like, okay, cool. Good deal. I've watched, I've been like, all right, cool. So $150 million deal signed, sealed, delivered at the bar three martinis deep and then they're like i gotta go back to the office i have two more meetings i'm like yeah you walk like that's like the crazy thing is it's like important people doing shit like that you expect it to be like oh you know it's the it's the intern it's the temp and it's like no girl it's the md it's the md like the vps are getting ripped and it's just like i've watched people expense a thousand dollar bottle of wine on the corporate card at a lunch and i'm like okay it's insane. But yeah, I also like, guy I was saying, be like, oh, I work better when I like get drunk at lunch, which, but I do respect it. It's like, I had maybe one year of my life when I was like at FAT and I could like party until like four or five and then go to a 9am class. And that was like the peak of my ability to live Damn. like that. It did not last long. I'm like, that's something I'm really trying to like, I'm like navigating now that I do comedy full time is like, I used to be someone that like really preferred to keep work and play separate. Like, especially when I was working restaurant jobs, I was like, I'm not trying to get drunk at work and I'm not trying to get drunk after work often because like I need to save my energy for like comedy stuff and like my career outside of that. And also just like my social life outside of work. Like I don't really want them to bleed in. But now that like my job is like doing Obviously, I'm not really drinking for, I'm not drinking for the podcast episodes, but like, um, but like when I do shows and when I do gigs at night, it's like, it's with my friends. It's at a bar. There is like, and so then like the, the work and the pleasure starts to mix. And it's like some, I, I have friends that are like, oh yeah, I prefer to have two drinks before I go on stage. And I'm like, that's not me at all. I totally respect it. But it is like a weird navigation where also if you're, if you're at the show for two hours and you're up, whatever, you know what I mean? It's like. I'm always like, can I go earlier? Like, it's going to be this whole thing. Like, it's just interesting to see how everyone kind of balances things out. 
Yeah, it's such a strange, like, balance, such a, like, lifestyle interruption to... I was literally telling my gay therapist, shout out, yesterday that... Shout out. <laughs> my, you and my boyfriend both have gay therapists, and I'm so jealous. Oh, my God. Literally slay the mental... I'm gonna get one. I just... I'm currently doing the thing where I have health insurance that I pay so much money for that covers nothing. That's, like, what I'm doing uh, right now. So... Um, love. Little, yeah, live, laugh, love. <laughs> Yeah, but I was telling him the other day, I was like, I'm so, like, I know I can never work a desk job, and that's not the life for me, but I'm so jealous of them, because, like, their day-to-day lives are so simple. They know, like, exactly what they're doing. They get up early because they have to. I'm like, I'm not even getting sunlight half of these days. I know. There is, my boyfriend and I were talking about this recently, because, like, he's also going through a career change, and it's like, it's like, obviously... This is something an older guy told me when I dated an older, one of the older guys I dated when I was younger. He was like, every job you'll ever have in your life, this is disgusting that he said this, but it's true. He was like, he's like, any job you have will have a shit sandwich that you have to eat to eat to do it. And you just have to find the one that has like the sandwich you're down to eat. Why it had to have like shit involved, I don't know. But it's true where it's like, no job is perfect. Even your dream job, like people say like, it's perfect. I'm never not happy. And it's like, no, but there's, there's definitely part of your job you don't want to do. Like whatever it is, you know what I mean? Being if, and like, and like, I think with the day job thing, like having a really traditional day job, like I was, I was like, we could, any of us could like go sign up, get the money together to like go do like coding school or like UX design school for six weeks or whatever. And then get a job where like in a few years we could be making like good money, but like for 45, 50 hours a week, like you're going to be like doing this thing that is not passionate or exciting to you. And there's nothing wrong with that, but is that like the shit sandwich that you're able to eat? And I was like, I think that would, that would, spiral me into a really hard depression like I don't think I would do well with that yeah and it's no judgment to someone who can yeah but like some people can I'm like god bless because it is nice that you know exactly where your health insurance is coming from exactly how much money you're going to make this year and like what the parameters are of your time off and when you can do things you know what I mean like yes I do think if I was like a, a different person I might be doing like some sort of finance thing but it's like I even when I'm like oh my god I wish I could do that I'm like, okay, I would go fully insane, like Joker insane, one weekend. (laughs) Like, what am I talking about? (laughs) Yeah. I also think I'm so all or nothing with things and having, like, being a creative and having, like, a creative career. It's like, you have to put in so much to get so little back, and that's, like, fine. I do think that, like, if I were to have become a finance person, I would be at this point, like, trying to become Jeff Bezos. Like, I would be so (laughs) in in a way that I would, like, be evil. Like, I do think that that's where I would go. Oh, yeah. I mean, I kind of don't blame people like that at all for being, like, just the way that they are and, like, the greed and all that. I'm like, yeah, it would be pretty easy to get sucked into all that, especially when you're, like, drunk and coked out the whole time. I know, right? Like, I saw – wait, can we talk about – I haven't talked to anyone about this yet. Did you see the photos of Jeff Bezos where he's hot and he's getting hosed down? Like, did you see these? He was not hot. Oh, my God. He's, like, ripped. Like, he's buff. He's buff. I mean, if it wasn't Jeff Bezos, if it wasn't, like, the man who has the capability of, like, solving climate change with, like, a phone call and is choosing not to do it, like, obviously he's evil, so I think people find him unattractive, but, like, that body type is hot to a lot of people. Like, he's in good shape. My point is... Can I say something homophobic? Yes, always. (laughs) It's always... Gay men are always, like, oh, my God, this guy's hot, and it's, like, he just has abs. Like, that's literally it. 
I don't mean hot. Like, okay, when I say hot, I don't mean I'm attracted to him. I'm meaning like he's in good shape. Like, okay. and like someone could look at that body and say he's hot. I don't find Jeff Bezos attractive. I also am not an abs guy. It's not my thing. But mm. my point, this is all to say, if I had the money and power that Jeff Bezos did, can you imagine being like, I got to stay in shape? Like, it's like, it would be so low on the totem pole. Yeah, that does take a lot of, uh, I don't know, maybe he, maybe he's buying a lot of like flat tummy tea. I think it. I would just be like, look, I'm going to really live my life and I'm going to, I'm going to ride this body, body hard. And I would like, I would put a million dollars or millions of dollars into like, look, when I'm 60, we're, you're going to cut the head off of an Abercrombie model and just stitch me on that. Yeah, and we're gonna it's start always over. blown <laughs> my mind that he never got hair plugs. Like, that's the one thing I respect about Elon Musk. I'm like... He was balding and he was like, I got the money to fix this. I didn't know about Elon and someone showed me a before picture and I was like, oh, he was Gollum. Like the dude <laughs> was like Smeagol. Literally. Like- <laughs> no, it's so crazy. Not that he's not like busted now. Uh, yeah, it depends heavily no, he- on the picture. But yeah, I mean, it was it was looking rough back then. I would I would go for Jeff before I went for Elon, visually. Really? I, I think I would go for Elon. Okay, I'm not into I also feel like he, if he won for Grimes, he would go for me. Oh, 100%. <laughs> An insult to myself. <laughs> I actually can't imagine, like, a more miserable conversation than, like, a conversation between Grimes and Elon Musk. Like, I do think, <laughs> like, if I got stuck at that dinner table, like Azealia Banks did, I would absolutely. Oh, my God. I mean, they were definitely talking in, like, code and, like, I don't know, probably mouth sounds. I feel Just- like, Yeah. I can't imagine. Full hellscape. That is true what you said about gay guys just seeing abs and thinking someone's hot, but it's because of the pressures to make our bodies perfect that we are put on ourselves toxically. That then it's like anyone who achieves anything like that, we're like, ugh. That's true. Yeah. It's like considered so synonymous, whereas girls are like, he has to be sensitive. He has to like, (laughs) he has to have read this book. (laughs) (laughs) Do you share are you an outlier among your friends with your taste in men or do you feel like and like also liking to go out in the ways you do or do you feel like you're kind of in sync with everyone uh I'm a bit of an outlier I mean I I feel like I'm also like kind of rubbing off on some of my friends because they (laughs) because they see what restaurants you get to go to exactly and I'm like (laughs) yes if you stop dating boys who skate like you can you can do it too but yeah, I mean, you know, most of my friends are, like, in their 20s. They tend to date guys in their 20s, um, which is which is fine. I actually, <laughs> you know, I texted me earlier today and was like, I want to set you up with someone is Caroline Calloway. She, she texted you and wants to set you up with someone? Yeah. Oh, my God. Are they your age or is it someone older? Uh, he's in his 20s. He has, but the thing is, he has an ex that's, like famous and I'm like why would he want me oh my god because are you are you friends with Caroline Calloway yes I love her gorgeous well that's nice I mean if a friend knows you and you can trust them I'd say go on the date unless the ex is fully scared I'm definitely down okay I love that um I guess you know we're coming to the end and I do just find I'm really enjoying this conversation because I do think you are 
a historian of sort, like a preserver of sorts of some really of some things that were really put to risk during the pandemic. And I think mm-hmm. as New York is changing and shifting, and like I think it's really nice to see that that stuff is being kept alive. Um, I would say like if you had to give advice to someone who's like wanting to come to New York and kind of find their vibe in all of this stuff in going out in navigating being in your your early 20s and like moving to New York what would you say I would say definitely experiment with different different crowds I mean like social scenes are always changing you never know who you're gonna meet or what sort of thing you're gonna like I would say there's a lot of you know, artifice everywhere, but especially like in big cities like yeah. New York, every poor person is pretending to be rich. Every rich person is pretending to be poor. Like it's so fucking true. Yeah. Don't believe everything that people tell you about like who they are or, or something like that. Um, and so don't let people tell you who they are. Like they'll show it. Like you yeah. don't, if someone's like telling you who they are, like it's not worth it. It's not real. They will give you $300 <laughs> at the yeah. mark. If they're not they're... a stylist. They're not a stylist. Like, you, I, don't know, I, I went through a period where I feel like everyone was like, I work, I'm a stylist. I was like, no, you're not. Like, yeah, you got dressed this morning. It doesn't make you a stylist. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. Don't I be afraid to you, go places alone and just fuck around. Don't be afraid to go places alone. I think what you're good at that I wasn't good at when I was younger that I'm hearing is like, take the risk of doing something you're not going to like and being like, okay, not doing that again. Like, yeah, just, you know, like be willing to have a few bad nights to figure out where the good nights are. And I, and don't be afraid. Cause it's like, when you're young, it's like time is on your side. Like it doesn't have to be perfect tonight. It can be perfect tomorrow. Like You're going to find out what works out, but you got to try everything. Exactly. And I mean, that's where you get like just the funniest story. Like I used to hang out with my friend, she had like a sugar daddy and he and his like old friends would invite us to like his penthouse just to like, drink wine and stuff. And it was just like the craziest experiences and stories from like that group. And it was so funny. Uh, just shit like that where it's like, just say yes. Why not? Yes. And also, I love that you just always fall back on a little black dress for the date. I think that's a really cheap <laughs> move. Exactly. Get a good little black dress. That's my advice. Thank you so much for listening to Going Out with Jake Cornell. If you could please go and rate and review us on whatever you're listening to this on, that would be really gorgeous for me in a huge way. So thank you. And now for some credits. Going Out with Jake Cornell is recorded in New York City and produced by Keith Beavers and Katie Brown. The music you're hearing is by Darby Seesai. The cover art you're probably looking at was photographed by M. Cooper and designed by Danielle Grinberg. And a special shout out to VinePair co-founders Josh Mallon and Adam Teeter for making all of this possible. 